0: wants to kind of do some things there, and I don't have a ton of time. So real quickly, I want to, as Luke said, we were in Costa Rica last week um, and just had such an incredible opportunity to do some ministry, and uh, we're some beautiful people. Um, you know, Jason and John and the crew have been in Costa Rica a ton, and they keep talking about how amazing these people are, and the truth is, is I just had to get on a plane and go see it for myself, uh, and, and I was floored, I was impacted by what I saw there, I left there more encouraged um, than when I actually showed up, um, because the work that the Holy Spirit is doing there is powerful, it's amazing, and it's absolutely unreal, and uh, one of the things that is just so cool about these people is that they have uh, decided to push into just this beautiful place of, of the presence because that's all that matters. Um, and it was just awesome to be in that environment um, and just see the Lord do some beautiful work. So I think we've got a couple of pictures. I think the first one that you're going to see is, is Luke uh, bringing the thunder as he does. Um, yeah, it was just awesome. Um, and then I think the next one is, uh, is me kind of getting to to be in a moment of just living out the dream and the story of God in my life. Um, And it just kind of, it blew me away. And the next one is my obligatory uh, kind of suffering for Jesus post. Um, You know, uh, this is our good friend Aaron Strumpel, our friend Joel, uh, his wife Amy's in the background. Uh, from us in the hill, they came up from Tampa or came down from Tampa, and then that's David. And uh, they took us to this crazy beach. It literally was like a storybook. Uh, there were like you had to see the beach one day when we were there, right? Um, but this might have been one of the only photos that got put on Facebook, right? So it's like we we're really doing ministry, you know. Um, but uh, anyways, it was picturesque. We saw wild horses. It was just crazy. So uh, let's uh, let's move on. But I just want to. Um, I really feel like there's something happening here and I had an opportunity to kind of already speak a little bit of this message in first service, um, which means I'm already caffeinated and I'm warmed up. So I hope you're ready. (laughs) Okay? So the thing is, is that um, as I began to prepare for this, as Luke asked me, hey man, would you be interested? I'm like, yes, I would be interested Uh, in sharing. I felt like the Lord kind of gave me uh, permission uh, to do something here. And uh, I think that it's fitting um, because we're a family, yeah? Like five of you. Okay, so the five of you in the room come up here and we'll have fun together. Uh, No, so we're a family, yeah? Yeah. Right, okay, so it's good to be back with the family. And you're supposed to say like, "Yeah." yeah? Okay, good. Man, come on guys, I told you I'm caffeinated. Let's get on it this morning. Uh, The deal is, is that, uh, you know, I felt as though it was important for me to share a bit of story. Now, I'm not saying the whole story. I'm not saying the complete story. I'm going to tell you a bit of my story. And I say a bit because the story of God that he's writing in my life is not over. Okay? I'm going to tell you that the story that he's writing in your life today is not over. Okay, So I'm going to tell you just a brief few moments in time in which I walked through some things that were a bit challenging. It doesn't take a genius to know that in a room of this size, all of us have walked through challenges, hurts, trials, pain, and frustrations. Am I right? Okay, so all of us have this interesting thing about us, that we've all walked through some of those things, and we're all sitting here today in one piece still alive with a heart that's beating yeah so I I want you to get this because I think this is important and I don't have a ton of time so we're going to move quick so if you want the full picture if you want the full meal deal if you want the whole kit and caboodle the whole enchilada you can certainly buy me a cup of coffee and later on in the week and we can sit down and we can have that bit of convo okay But this morning, for our time's sake, I want to just journey in and dive deep because I don't have a lot of time and I don't want to waste your time and mine, yeah? Or the Holy Spirit's because I think He wants to do something brilliant here, yeah? Are you guys okay with that? You guys are going to need some more caffeine. Is the coffee bar still open? Okay. So here's the deal. This boils down to simply this. Is that I'm going to share this with you guys because we're family. Is that Nick Kofal is a church kid. I grew up in church, um, my dad's a pastor, my dad was a musician, um, and I was following in his footsteps. One of the things that was really interesting is that even as a, as a young child, I found myself in a place of being drawn into the power and the presence of God. I didn't quite understand everything that was being said, but the moment that there was, the music started happening, something happened in my heart, where I was catapulted into these deep places with the Lord, and I began to hear a whisper. How many of you guys have heard those whispers? Yeah? So the whisper that I heard was the Lord simply saying this, Son, you were made for more. You are made for more. And those words changed my life. Those words catapulted me into a place of where I began to step into full-time vocational ministry, step into a place of where I was... uh, I didn't even know how to play any musical instrument whatsoever, but I would worship and I got a, a djembe drum uh, bought by my parents and I began to pray that the rhythms and the sounds of heaven would come and it came. I got to this place where I, I was then catapulted into traveling and playing music and you know, I recorded albums and was a part of all kinds of craziness and I was thinking, man, like this is pretty pretty rad deal, the life that Nick Kofo gets to live And then all of a sudden, something happened. My wife, beautiful lady sitting up front here, most glorious gift that's ever been given to my life. Thank you, dear. Was sitting on a swing in a park in my neighborhood. And she said, Nick, music's fun. It's super cool. She says, but I just keep thinking that there's more to this story. She keeps saying, I really feel as if there's something else she goes, in fact, I think you're made for more. It's a good woman right there. That's why I get to keep her. So at that moment, she was right. And I got launched into this interesting place of moving down to uh, Oklahoma State University. Go Pokes. They played yesterday. And uh, I, I was a part of this crazy wild church plant down there, a part of the Simazagan, where it was about 450 college kids in the middle of the bar district of Oklahoma State University. Um, In that place, we just had uh, some dynamic things happening and the power and the presence of God was falling. On Thursday nights, we would have these worship gatherings where we literally would open the front doors of the place and release a sound into this area where everybody was walking up and down the street hammered drunk. And people were walking through this place and were receiving healing and receiving transformation just because there was a sound that was coming from this place. It was awesome. From there, we were catapulted into just some beautiful times. We're traveling around the world. We're recording albums again. We are we are moving into into places and positions of where we're doing uh, worship conferences. All of this sounds a wee bit familiar, even right now. Yeah. So what's interesting is is on somewhere along the way something happened where we lost it all. I was there for five and a half years. And somewhere along the way, in the midst of all of these crazy good times that were happening, something happened. Something took place that was just awful. We lost it all. Out of 15 of us that were full-time support raised missionaries, 13 left. Out of all of those crazy college kids, we dwindled down to a church of about 50, 75 on a good day. And that story ended with Nick walking away from ministry. I chucked the deuces. Man, I was out. I couldn't hang anymore. I couldn't handle it. My marriage was almost destroyed. Financially, we were in a place of wreck and ruin. And I moved to Colorado to heal. Eight years ago tomorrow. It took me a few years to begin to figure out what in the world happened. It took me a few years to be able to put language to it. And I can sum it up simply by this. Somewhere along the way, we took our eyes off Jesus. Somewhere along the way, we took our eyes off the face of God. Somewhere along the way, our own glory was more important than his. Somewhere along the way, we allowed pride to come in. And we actually thought that we had something to do with what was happening in our midst. You see, my story is not too much different than yours. My story of hurt and frustration and pain and loss and all these things and dysfunction is not too uh, dissimilar to yours and where you might find yourself in this, this morning. Because the thing is, is that all of us have tasted pain. All of us have tasted just a little bit of the sting. All of us have walked through hard times. All of us have walked through circumstances. And I'm telling you right now, God's story in your life is not done. You see, the the biggest thing that I I made the mistake of is that I got so caught up in those first couple of years when when I moved here to Colorado where I was trying to find language for things that I got so caught up in my own hurt, dysfunction, and failure, and disappointment that I lost sight and had an inability to see the Father. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes we can live life with blinders on. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the situation and the circumstance in front of us that we lose sight of him. I took it to another level where I actually had allowed these places of wound and brokenness to become the identity that I walked around with. I thought I was forever to be marked as the dysfunctional kid, as the guy that would always be broken, as the guy that would always be wounded. You see, the thing is, is I was more comfortable with the identity of wounded than I was with the identity of son. You see, what's interesting is that the devil would want nothing more than for us to just set up shop and live there. I actually found myself in a place, in a position where I ignored the scripture you hear it, this is, I'm going to old school Sunday school on you guys right now, okay? So just get yourself ready. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, just simply it says, Then Jesus said to them, Come to me. We could stop there and just have revival. <laughs> it's legit right there. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Dude, so good. For my yoke is easy to bear, and my burden I give you is light. Isn't it so amazing that our Father actually stands in a position that says, dude, you don't got to carry that junk anymore, homie. Bring it to me, please. My heart is gentle and I'm humble. Come, 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 come. See, the enemy wanted to trick me into thinking that I was too dysfunctional and I was too hurt and I was too broken that I couldn't come before the Father. I had to wait until all my stuff was together. I have to wait until my house is in complete order and then I could come. The truth is, is He says, Come all who are, right? Weary and heavy laden. He's not asking for you to fix it first and then come. But the enemy wanted me to set up camp in this place, in this disbelief, and and actually be okay with uh, not coming to the Father. Why? Because I had taken all my daddy issues (laughs) And placed it on him. And thought that the second that I would bring my failure to him, all I was going to hear from him was, son, I'm disappointed. It's a complete and total lie and fabrication from the enemy. That's not even close to true. What's interesting is I had, I had uh, found comfort in the story of a man named Job. I felt like, dude, if anybody gets it, a guy who lost it all, yeah, yeah, uh, ditto. Every time I'd read it, yeah? And so I found myself in this place, in this position where I was like, dude, Job lost it all, and yeah, so did I. And Let's just set up camp, and misery loves company, and woe is me kind of stuff, you know? But as I began to dig into the story, and as I began to press on a little more, this is what I found that was interesting. It's really not a story of destruction and a man losing it all. It's really a story of a man stepping into a deeper place of trust with his father. And him walking into a place of honest conversation before him and he catapults him into this place of restoration and healing. Come on. That's what's up. But check this out. Job, I'm reading from the message paraphrase in 42... Uh, Verse 5 and 6, he says, I admit it once, I lived by rumors of you. Now I have it all firsthand from my own eyes and ears. He says, I'm sorry, forgive me. I'll never do that again, I promise. I'll never live on crusts of hearsay and crumbs of rumor. See, what's interesting is Job had this moment of honest conversation with God where he begins to just ask for forgiveness and God does not pound him in the face. God is not waiting with a sledgehammer to crush him. He's waiting for restoration and healing but he wants to move him into this deeper place. He has an honest conversation with God. And let me tell you this, I know that there are some of us in this room, and I know even myself, that there are times where I'm just longing for an honest conversation with God. Yeah? Where we just lay the junk aside and we press in deep with Him. And that's what His heart is for us today. i got to tell this story on my daughter. She's not here, so I can If you know my daughter, you know she's an intense lady. You know she can pretty much work you seven ways from Sunday without you even knowing it. You got to sleep with one eye open around this girl because she'll just get you. It's the way it is. She's a powerhouse. She's a wild one. And she's awesome. I love her to death. And I'm just floored by her. But she has this brilliant gift for being tenacious. Tenacious. I think she gets it from me, possibly. She just won't let things go. She also has a beautiful gift for starting a conversation in any room of the house, even when you're not there. <laughs> she could be five layers away from you, and she's just, Damn, blah, 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 just starts going. She doesn't take a survey. She didn't look around to see if you were even there. She didn't look around to see if you are on the phone. She doesn't care if you're reading. She doesn't care if you're praying. She doesn't care what you're doing. It's just, she's got something to say. <laughs> you better listen. <laughs> it's pretty awesome, actually. But we're trying to teach her something. We're trying to get her to move into this place where she actually uh, begins to uh, survey a situation. And if she actually could come and find out where you are, before she begins to speak. Because just yelling through the house is enough to make me crazy. (laughs) So what does she do? So this one particular afternoon, I'm sitting in my uh, peep green rocking chair in the nook in my house, which is my favorite place in the entire planet right now. I'm sitting in this chair and I'm reading, and I hear this, Dad! Dad! It's coming from upstairs. And I can hear walking. Dad! Dad! She's doing this deal. And I'm like, dude, seriously? Like, come on, girl. So I'm tuning her out, as any good parent should. Via <laughs> maybe a touch Andre myself, yeah? So I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm just sucked into what I'm doing here. And I'm just like, I'm going to wait until she shows up. And here she comes barreling down the stairs. Dad, 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 you know, doing her thing. She comes around the corner and she sees me in the nook and she just keeps talking. And what I do, because I'm Andre, I ignore her. Tune her out. Just waiting. I'm just waiting to see what she does. And I'm just there, just, oh, sucked in. And I can't hold a straight face any longer because I know I'm frustrating her. What does she do? She grabs the sides of my face. She pulls me to her face. And she presses in. Dad! She's right here. <laughs> you can't ignore her at that moment. There's nothing you can do. Just succumb to the conversation you're about to have. And what's interesting is that she was so close in this moment that I saw my reflection in her eyes. And she was so close that she saw her reflection in mine. moment, she got so much more than just the answer that she was looking for. How many of us in this room know that when you find yourself in that place with the Father, everything comes into alignment? Everything changes. We begin to hear the whispers of our Father. Do you see what I see? Do you know you're made for more? And in those moments, he begins to deposit the dreams and the visions of his heart into our life. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Deuteronomy 4:29 says, But from there, you will seek the Lord, your God, and you will find him. If you search for him with all your heart and with all your soul. You see, what's interesting is that during my time of process, during my time of challenge, during my time of sorting through kind of the noise and the mess and the dysfunction of my life, I began to pursue the Lord because I was looking for, I had questions that I needed answers to. You know, Father, what about my marriage? What about, what about, what about ministry? What about what about these dreams of music? What about and the list just goes on and on and on. See, the the thing was, is I was actually pursuing him for an answer. I didn't pursue him because he was the answer. Do you hear me this morning? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. What's it say? Seek first the kingdom. It's pretty clear what we're supposed to do, yeah? We're not seeking him as if he's a magic genie in a bottle that can begin to grant us our three wishes. We're seeking him because he is the way, he is the answer. He is our source. He is our prize. So during these times, as I would kind of sit there before the Lord and kind of have some moments with Him, and I would have these kind of conversations with Him, He kept... You know, it's interesting. Have you ever been around somebody who you ask Him 50 questions and the answer is always the same? It doesn't matter any which way you ask it. It's just the same. It is. That's what He did with me for about five years. That was awesome. Probably my most favorite. Yeah, he's funny that way. But he, uh, as I began to kind of put my laundry list of issues in front of him, all he said to me over and over and over again was, Son, all I've ever asked of you and all I ever want from you is for you to seek and for you to pursue me. Because at the end of the day, he's not preparing us for some sort of ministry function He's not preparing us for some sort of gift or some sort of musical thing. He's not preparing us so that we can do X, Y, and Z. He's preparing us for Himself. He longs for His children to move into a place of seeking where they actually press their face against His so that they can begin to hear the whispers of His heart. Why? Because there's more that you were made for. There's more that you were created to do. There's more that he has in this story. And don't you dare set up shop and decide that this spot that you're in at this moment is it. The writer of Hebrews has something brilliant for us to just kind of take a minute and Look, too. And if, uh, if Mark, if you could come on up now, because we need to kind of get rolling here. Man, he's good, isn't he? Man, I love the Lord. It's not part of my message. It's just the truth of my heart right now. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. There's so a couple things to point out in this particular passage of Scripture is that this whole idea of weight and sin, right? Let's back up a minute. It's, he's comparing this entire thing to a race, yeah? So you cannot run a race if you've got a whole bunch of stuff that's tying you down. And ultimately, man, uh, I think that there's so much that he's called us to, and there's so much more that he's created us for, and there's so much that he wants to do in the story of this church, and there's so much more that he wants to do in the story of your life. There's so much more that he wants to do in the story of Boulder County. There's so much more that he wants to do in your workplaces. There's so much more that he wants to do. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Why? Because he is the author. And He is the finisher of our faith. And I believe that there's a story that He's writing in your life that's absolutely wonderful and amazing. And the thing is, is that I got myself into a position where I was so heavily weighted by the, by the sin and by the funkiness and the dysfunction of my life that I was no longer fit to run. I was more fit to dig a hole, crawl in it, and call it good. I felt as though I was standing on the shore watching a ship sail with all of my hope and all of my dreams. And I was not on that ship. But He's calling us to lay these things aside so that we can begin to run after Him. Yeah? Because there's places to go and people to see. There's stuff to do. There's mischief to cause in the kingdom. The thing that's really brilliant that I just can't get away from and, and it just you heard me a couple weeks ago rant about this as we were going into worship but this word this whole segment at the beginning of uh, verse 2 when it says looking to Jesus that, that if you unpack that if you go check out what it means in the original language it means to see the word signifies undivided attention looking away from all distractions in order to fix one's gaze on one object having eyes for no one but Jesus. One commentator actually says, it's as if we've cleared the table and the only thing left is him. I don't know where you are in your story today. I don't know where you found yourself when I told you my bit in peace. But I can tell you this, his desire for your life His desire for your heart in this moment is that you would wipe everything clean and that you would fix your eyes on him. His desire for you is for you to look up from the situations and the circumstances that you might be facing right now. The things that feel a bit overwhelming, the things that might have gotten you down and that if you would just come from this position and go to this position, all will be made right. The charge this morning is that we would not look uh, at the crumbs of yesterday, the the things that we learned from experience yesterday, but that today would be a new day. That today would be a new moment in his kingdom. Today would be a new moment where we can begin to greet him with a what's next, Papa, kind of attitude and mentality, yeah? He has something deeper and greater that he wants to show us. He has something greater that he wants to write in your story. So let's get on with it. I feel this thing in my gut right now that's saying we must charge headlong into this thing because where he wants to take us and where he wants us to go as a community is absolutely breathtaking. It's absolutely unbelievable. And we cannot even begin to dream of hope of or imagine just enough yet. Yeah, you can clap for that. That's okay. That's not going to disrupt anything. Because this morning we're celebrating his goodness. We're celebrating who he is. You know, my story is simply this. It can be summed up in one simple phrase of saying, I lost it all because I lost sight of him. And I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know if maybe you found yourself in a position or a place in where, um, you know, maybe it's been a minute. Since you've had a moment with Jesus like this, where honest conversation is the mode. Maybe you find yourself here today and you would say that, you know, maybe you're being weighed down by the entangled up in the weight and the pressures of the things that you're carrying. And the invitation is for you to come. The invitation this morning is for you to throw aside those things. No amount of weight, no amount of frustration. No amount of disappointment or dysfunction or hurt is too great for him. Come unto me, all who are weary. Maybe you find yourself in my story in a sense that you've allowed the broken and the wounded places to become the things that define you. Maybe you found yourself so full of fear and so full of disappointment that you actually haven't been able to move into that deeper place of conversation with God. The invitation is for you to throw off any false identity, fear, and disappointment and for you to climb up into the lap of your father and to press your face into his. Because in that moment, all will be made right. Maybe you've been around this house for a minute. Maybe you've, maybe you've been here for a little while. Maybe it's been a minute since you've actually responded and taken a moment to move into that place with the Lord because you responded two weeks ago. Why do I need to respond today? Guys, where we're going and what God's calling, calling us to is a house. Complacency cannot be here. We cannot live on the crumbs of yesterday. We cannot live on yesterday's worship service. It's time for us to press into the deeper places of the Father. He wants to reveal the depths of his heart to you in a new and exciting way. The question is, is are you daring enough to step out from your chair and actually make your way to the front? Do you care enough for what he's calling you to and what he's created you for to move forward? forward it's time the lord has something brilliant for you i can tell you right now my story that i just told you has been eight years in the making tomorrow this day was not supposed to happen me standing in front of you was supposed to not happen but the lord is writing a different story And he's asking you right now if you will join him from his perspective to get a different vantage point on the reality in which you live in so that he can begin to expose the deep places of his heart, the deep places of what he wants to move you into. Come to his reality, not what's right in front of you. I ask this morning that you would lay everything down, you would remove the blinders, and you would look up. That's the word this morning. Luke, would you come?
1: As you as you can tell, the Lord is prompting some of you to just even come up to the front. And you know, there's when it comes to these types of moments, there's nothing magical necessarily about getting out of your chair and coming to kneel up front, but there's something symbolic about that. In responding to the invitation of God, there's something inside of us that when when something stirs in us that I cannot stay where I am at, there's something about getting out, just getting up, and i got to move from this place. There's something physical even about that, that I believe that as some of you are doing that, some of the weight and some of the baggage is just falling off with every step you take. And some of you are just, you can just stay in your chair, and that's totally fine. That's totally good. Um, but we want to we wanna pray. We want to respond to this rightly before the Lord. As Nick mentioned, we have to remember that every, every day is an invitation. Every step we take and every breath we breathe is an invitation. The Lord is just saying, just come, just come. Seek me here. Seek me in this place. And so God, today, God, I thank you for the way that you're moving in hearts. And you know, Let's ask the ministry team to come to you. If you're on the ministry team, let's just come and just lay our hands on the the folks up front. Again, we just want to bless what the Lord's doing. So so Father, today, I thank you for each, each person here, Father, and the way we're responding in our own way. God, I thank you for each person that that something just surfaced, something percolated in their own hearts where they said, I I need to get out of my seat. I need to come up and get on my knees. Jesus, I'm responding to you, God. We thank you for every person that is responding right now, Lord God. And we just speak to the baggage. We speak to the things that cling to us, Lord God. and, And we just say, lift off, be put away, shame, depression, condemnation, guilt of the past. Uh, Discouragement, we say be gone in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the freedom in Christ to pursue you, Jesus. I thank you that's what you're doing now, and we respond to that, God. I thank you for every person sitting in their seat right now that it feels you moving, feels you churning inside of them, Lord Jesus, and we just bless that, Lord God. I thank you, God, that even as we leave today, your desire is to meet us in unexpected moments, God. I thank you that on our drive home today, you're gonna whisper to our hearts. I thank you that your invitation is not just reserved for the end of of a good worship service. The invitation is continual and ongoing. And today, God, we ask for unexpected visits from you as we drive home and as we eat. And as we spend time with our family and friends, and as we lay our heads down on our pillow tonight, God, we thank you for dreams, Lord God, invitations to know you and to seek you, God. We thank you when we go to work tomorrow, God, or maybe Tuesday. We thank you, Father, that when we go to work, Lord, that you are going to meet us there in unexpected ways. We thank you for the invitation of God. Jesus, we thank you for your word to us today. I thank you that you're giving us next steps, God, towards your face. And as we end our time here today, Lord God, we pray that the seeds of your word would be planted. Lord God, we pray that it moves from this place and out from this place, God. God, we just thank you for a spirit of breakthrough in this place, Lord God, to continue to permeate hearts and minds and lives, Lord God. And the things that have held us from the past, Lord Jesus, will no longer hold us from the future. We thank you for new freedom and new steps, Lord Jesus. We're going to end. We're just going to answer. But if you're still up front, if you're still receiving ministry from the Lord, or if you still need to come up front, we just want to invite you